Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. John 1, 3, and 4. Through him, all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. This is speaking of the Word, Jesus Christ. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So we're continuing on in this series, 2020 Vision, and the point here isn't that we figure out everything that needs to happen this year, but we figure out how and why and where we're going to look in order to get the vision to see clearly that we need for all of our lives. And that is to the person of Jesus Christ. So, amen. Last week, we saw that uh, He's the light of the world. He's the light that comes into our darkness. We can't figure out God without Jesus Christ. Now, that's, that's Jesus saying that. You know, Jesus said, you can't, no one's ever seen Him but me. I'm revealing Him to you. So you got, He is our lens that he's the glasses for looking at God or for interpreting Scripture or understanding life or doing relationships or whatever. We want to look in and through the lens of Jesus. He is the light of the world that shines in our darkness. He shows us how to see and he shows us how to live. And today then we're going to talk about the light and the life, the life of the world. So it's like light and life in the Gospel of John actually kind of go together. They go together a lot. You see light and life kind of mixed together. And so let me just set up the problem this way with three, three distinct points. One is, the problem is that we're spiritually dead and apart from Jesus. And the fact that He's the life of the world, you know, it really does speak to how deep our problem is. I mean, if He's the life of the world, then what's our problem? Yeah, we're dead. We need, we need someone to come and give us life. Problem number two is a dualistic worldview. And this is a big deal. We don't think about it because it's the water that we swim in. And if you're new to the church, if you see me doing like this, it just means that it, it's, I'm being like a fish that doesn't know that it's in water. And so dualism is because we're so influenced in the last 300 years by Greek philosophy in particular, um, we, we think in terms of spiritual over here and natural over here. Spiritual things, good. Natural things, eh, not as good. And that's a direct byproduct of Greek philosophy and how that was picked up again in the Enlightenment and scientific rationalism and, and only things that I can verify with scientific method are the things that are real. And so those are just, that's a part of the water that we're swimming in. And the problem is that we end up, say, if we say spiritual things are over here and natural things are over here, then what does that do with our lives? Because, I mean, coming to a service on a Sunday morning, going to life group, I mean, how much of life actually counts if only those things we specifically categorize as spiritual and we do a dichotomy between spiritual and natural, that leaves a whole lot of you know, Jesus stuff over here and not Jesus stuff over here, spiritual stuff over here, not Jesus, uh, spiritual stuff over here. It's a big deal. And so part of my burden this morning is to try to show how those things come together. 
That's the, that's the real burden. Because if we leave those things separate, then the third problem is we deny the reign of Jesus in all of life. Because I've got spiritual things that he's in charge of, and I've got these non-spiritual things that he's less in charge of. Make sense? So next week we're going to talk about King Jesus, the reign of Jesus, the Lord of the world. This week, last week, light of the world, life of the world, Lord of the world, love to the world. And there's different ways of hearing this. You can hear it. I mean, the spiritual stuff is true. It's not untrue. It's just that I'm trying to say there's a deeper, more holistic way of looking at life, at the life that Jesus is. And I want to make that point, hopefully, clearly and powerfully this morning. Here's the main thing I'm saying in one sentence. In order for us to truly see in a world of darkness and death, now let me pause there because I think that's, it it sounds heavy. I wrote it on Thursday and that sentence because I have to. And then I end up writing the sermon on Friday and Saturday. And so I want to just expand on that. And because the world out there is not just darkness and death. It's actually, God said it's good. Now, we bring lots of broken decisions and influence of the enemy in our lives and all that. And, and it ends up being a, a, a difficult place sometimes where there is darkness and death. But it's I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of framing that a little bit like it's not that's almost framing it in exactly the way I don't want to do in the sense of it's only bad and God wants to bring good. He does. But he also says it's good. He wants us to express his good reign through us in his life. We look to Jesus then, who is the life of the world, but it's for all of life. Not just the spiritual stuff, but for all of life. Everybody tracking? So I got three points, spiritual, physical, and all of life. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you up front because that's where we're going. We're trying to integrate today this life that Jesus is bringing into the world. Jesus is the life of the world. And I'm starting spiritually because that's the way we think. We just... It's just so normal for us to think that way. And, and it's, it's really normal for us to think, if I can just get saved spiritually then and, and do these religious things, it, 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 we're stopped so often in our own fallenness and brokenness from understanding the depth of our problem and how much we really need life in all of life. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3. This is Jesus teaching Nicodemus who comes to him at night. And again, he doesn't understand even what the almost what the what the playing field is. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you're doing if God were not with him in reply. Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. So you can't see unless you have this life from above. And and that's especially going to be important next week when we talk about the reign of God. You can't see the reign of God without the life of God. So that's basically what he's saying there. He says, how Nicodemus goes on, how can a man be born when he's old? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, 
but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. You hear its sound. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I've got a friend from many, many years ago. I remember I was just, we were talking about something. He goes, I tell you, help my voice. I'm telling you, John 3, 8 is the most important verse in the Bible for a Christian. And I was like, John 3, 8, I didn't have that one memorized. John 3, 16, John 3, I knew it was kind of about Nicodemus, but I didn't know, you know, what's John 3, 8? And the point he was making was that like a tree in the wind, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit, is like, The whole point of the Christian life is that we're to be moved by God, animated by God, living out of His life in order to live this life. And so, if that helps you remember how important that verse actually is for us, then remember it. So it is with everyone who's born from above with this new life. How can it be, Nicodemus said, You're Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you people do not accept our testimony. Now, who's who's our here? This is Jesus. He says this all through the whole uh, Gospel of John. It's, It's His Father. It's Him. He's bearing witness to the things of the Spirit. Father, Son, and Spirit together. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. Then how will you believe if I speak to you of heavenly things? No one has gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life. Here's this life. Life for the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So this life, it's life from above, and it's life that endures forever, but it's not just duration, it's a quality. And it's not just out there in heaven somewhere one day, it's a life that starts right now. It's a very real life. It's a life that's out of the Trinity. It's a life that's out of the fullness of the shared love and life from between Father and Son and Holy Spirit from before eternity. From all eternity. From before creation, rather. Make sense? So that's the life that we're talking about. That's why he says in John 17, verse 3, this is life. Knowing you, Father. Knowing the Son that you sent. This is the life that is life. He is the life of the world. John 5, he says, look, the Father's given the Son life, and He's allowed the Son to give it to whomever He wants to give it to. So believe in Him. Put your faith in Him. Trust in Him. Order life around Him. The life that's in the Son. That's spiritual life. It's good. He goes on and he says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn Him, to, excuse me, to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. And here's the connection between light and darkness, the light and life. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light 
and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth will come into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. And that's the point. I mean, that's the, in the end, that's what we want God to be seen through us. We want our lives to be a light that shines forth with the life of God. Light and life shining through us. The light of light and life of Jesus. And Nicodemus doesn't, he's like, he's struggling to understand this. This sickness that he's got, that we've got, is much more fatal than any of us think about. Nicodemus would think, we've got the law, we've got the law. And Jesus is saying, you need the life. You need the presence of God. Which is just getting down to the heart of it. In the most, if the reason I'm starting on the spiritual stuff is we, we kind of get this. Like, this is so often the way the gospel's pr- presented, and it's, it's good. We sinned. We've fallen short. We've blown it. We're, we're all dead in our transgressions and sins in which we used to live. All that stuff. But God, who's rich in mercy, sent His Son to bring us out of death and darkness and depravity and into life and light and wholeness. That's what Jesus does. And He seated us with Him in the heavenly realms. That's Paul's Ephesians 2 version of this, of what's happened. But it's so holistic because what happens is, if we're not careful, because we're swimming in this water of dualism, we're swimming in this water where spiritual things are over here in one category and physical things are in another category, then it's real easy for us to separate my life with God from this life that I'm living day in and day out, that school and work and doing stuff and recreation. And what I'm trying to say here is God wants us to integrate those things and for there not to be separation. It's not sacred and secular. So it's, it's, it's all of life lived in the life of Jesus. So spirit, let's try to pull it together here. Second point, physically. And I'm just going to read some Bible verses. John chapter 1, verse 3. Through him all things were made. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Okay. It's your way of thinking. Does that pretty much cover it all? Read it again. Through him all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. I'm just, what I'm trying to say is, I think that's, that's pretty comprehensive. That is, is that spiritual things? Yes. Is that physical things? Yeah. Now, hang with me on this. We've got to put our thinking caps on here because we don't think this way. We think, get saved, go to heaven, not so sure about the earth. Right? So Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to keep making the same point, verse 16 and 17, he's the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Okay, so are we still 
We're still kind of talking about everything. And, and here, here's the thing. We think God created and the Son was over here doing something different. The triune God created. Now the implications for us, what I'm about to say in just a moment, is the incarnation, something happened when God becomes flesh that touches everything and leaves nothing, nothing untouched or undealt with. Acts chapter 17, Paul's preaching. He says, in him we live and move and have our being. We are his offspring. First Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. One more time if it's just not clear yet. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. So, I want to tie this together because, because God, because God, that's, the, that's my fifth gift this morning. <laughs> people having mercy. I need people praying. Help me. <clears throat> and uh, so, so, all things are created by Him, for Him, through Him, to Him. There's, there's nothing that exists that exists apart from Jesus Christ. So, so this, is, this is huge. So hang with me a second. And let's, just, let's work our way into this. To speak the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is to say the eternal Son of the eternal Father in their shared love and communion and fellowship in the Holy Spirit. To say the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, then is to say love and fellowship and communion and life from before there was anything. That fellowship and love and life. And out of the fullness of that, there is creation. Out of non-existence, out of non-existence, out of, out of even before death, there's non-existence. And God creates out of that fullness. To say the name of Jesus Christ is to speak volumes, theologically, historically, cosmically, and all that exists, soteriologically, anthropologically, ontologically, creation, new creation, the plan of God in the hope of all humanity to say the name of Jesus. Is anybody tracking on this? I mean, you know, John finishes and he says, there's not enough books in all the world to contain what I'm trying to say. When you believe in the name of Jesus, it's like, it's mind-blowing. It's going to take eternity upon eternity for us to get to the bottom of this. The riches, they are unsearchable, fathomless, boundless. Without measure. I just, it's huge. To say the name of Jesus speaks of the unbroken fellowship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the joining of Trinity and humanity and creation. Now, just think deeply about what I just said. Because Jesus Christ, who creates all things, steps into flesh 
It is the joining in Him, the mediator of Trinity, humanity, and creation. That's exactly right. It's, uh, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. Something less, saying something less than what I just said about Trinity, humanity, and creation would be to deny His deity or to deny His humanity. It's just, Lord, help us. To say the name of Jesus means that everything in life is affected. Every single atom, every single endeavor, every single thing in our work, every single thing in our school, everything in our study, everything in our families, and everything in all of everything is affected. Not spiritual and then this other life I live down here. And that means that all of life is connected to the life of Jesus. Everything. Everything. That means, you know, my work and what I'm doing and my pursuits. He doesn't want it to be a dichotomy of existence. Spiritual stuff over here. Natural stuff over here. Physical things over here. He wants all of life. And that means even my recreation. What I do, like a bunch of guys going to play golf can be a, a thing we do with Jesus. And if it can't, then don't do it. Going fishing. You know, like God actually, He wants us having fun and recreating ourselves. And if you can't do that with Him, then don't do it. It's like, what's sin? It's the things that break us from the fellowship between the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit. It's those things that bring that very pain into our lives because we weren't made to function that way. We were made to live in the life and in the love of Jesus Christ. And all of that flows from the Trinitarian life and love of Jesus. And the things that don't lead to brokenness and pain in our lives. What that means then is that the church is in the place where this life is taken seriously. Where we are serious about knowing His life and living by His life and living out of His life. And more and more, even though we live in this, we swim in this water of dichotomy of brokenness between spiritual things and physical things, Jesus is the one that brings those things together. Even though our worldview is spiritual over here, physical over here, he lived in a worldview. <clears throat> he lived in a worldview where there was the temple that brought together heaven and earth. Brought those things together in that place. I mean, the, the temple's all decorated with the heavens, and it's but it's on the earth. And Jesus said, "That's going to be destroyed, but I'm going to rebuild it again in three days." And you're going to be the people where I dwell and my presence is. And we're going to be this heaven and earth people that, that bring those things together, that kingdom that's coming, even though it's now and not, it's, it's now, but it's not yet. Heaven and earth, now and not yet. A creation, a new creation that's coming, but living in the light of that in ways that anticipate it and express it and, and inaugurate it right here and right now. 
the age that's coming right here in the middle of this age. So some of the ways Jesus unpacks that in John, or John unpacks it, speaking of Jesus, I'm going to try some more of this stuff. This was a gift in between services. It's uh, green tea. I hope it doesn't have caffeine. Because I've been sucking it down. Green tea doesn't have caffeine. Hurry. Oh. <laughs> Woo! About to be a party in here. <laughs> Help me, Lord. So, so let's keep walking forward. John 11. Like last week, we looked at John 9, and it's the Jesus like healing this guy that can't see. And it's a physical manifestation of the sight the light that He wants to bring into the world. John 11. It's a physical manifestation of what we're talking about. This guy was dead in the grave and He speaks life to him and He comes out of that grave. I am the resurrection and the life. John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. And and then He says, and we're going to make our home with you. in your sinful self, in your non-perfect, in your physical self, there's going to be this space where I live. Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And on that day when the Spirit comes, you'll realize that I am in my Father and that you are in me and that I am in you. And then He's going to say, and so now here's how I want you to live. Abide in the vine. Your branches live connected. Live connected all the time. And that's the way you bear fruit. You can't bear fruit apart from being connected to this life. And there's going to be trials. John 16, persecutions. Hard things happen to me. The hard things are going to happen to you. It's part of the life. But John 17, praise God. Father, let them see this life. Let them be aware of this life. It's, it's seeing you. It's knowing you and your son that you sent. I want them to see the love that you had for me before the creation of the world to live their lives in connection with that shared life and love that we've always had. The life of the Trinity. Trinitarian life. I want to pull this together here with a couple of questions. Because it's about all of life. And, you know, how does this word of integration spiritual, physical, Jesus is our life and all of life. How does that help us to see more clearly at TCU this year? How does that help us see more clearly in our jobs? Jesus is the life that helps us to see what is truly life in all of life. What part of our lives are untouched by this life? Is there any part of our life right now, you, you go, I know, I know that part of my life's untouched. But He wants to bring life there. He wants to bring life there or give us grace to let go of it. You know, and, and sometimes it's, it's just that we haven't been animated yet. It's not just that we even know that we're dead. Sometimes it's just we're living a non-existence kind of existence. And He wants to bring us into a place of life. Whatever the, 
whatever the different thing might be. Ask yourself, what part of my life right now am I deadened to the life of Jesus? Am I unanimated to the life of Jesus? You know, the devil, the flesh, that's us, fallen, the world system wants to drag us into non-existence and death. Like a win for the devil, a win for the flesh would for us to be not alive to the life of Jesus. It may not even be like some big flagrant sin. You're just not alive to Jesus. He wants us alive to Him. And it's more than just a spiritual checklist. You know, and I'm going to go back to John 15 because abide, I just, I think abiding kind of sums up what I'm really trying to say. Like, that just seems like it's a good place for all of us to have as a goal for life. What's your goal for life? Abide in the life. To stay, to remain, to not ADD a thousand different times in the next minute because when I do that, it's just I'm, I'm being passive about God's life that He wants to bring into my world. That makes sense? And so abiding, like there's actually a bunch of things that you do, like you get up and spend time with the Lord, and then you intentionally turn to Him throughout the day. You hang out with people that are going to encourage you along that way. You take chances and obey the Lord and what He wants you to do throughout the day. And you say, well, man, that just sounds like legalism to me. And we prayed about this this morning in, or in, in before the first service. There are some things we do that are not legal just because we think they are. I teach my little children to brush their teeth, you know, and over time they grow to enjoy brushing their teeth. It's good for them, right? There's just little things you, you, you train you train your kids to do. Kids, don't run out in front of the car. Don't run out in the street. Oh, come on. That's being legalistic, Mom. I got my freedom. And there's just there's disciplines that over time become a part of life and actually will lead us into joy and delight. He said, I came that you'd have life and have it to the fullest degree possible. So what do you think of when you think of full life? Come on. I mean, you got to have a vision for it. Healing. Fruit. Joy. Peace. Abiding. Love. Faithfulness. Purpose. How about some rest? Interesting, we got eight down and I'm just throwing it out there. I, I, I can't live the full life without some rest. Just can't do it. So it's like, it's all of that wrapped together and we need each other. Oh man, we need each other so much to help us see. Like Kim and I were talking yesterday. It's so funny. You know, when somebody else comes to your house, you start seeing things through their eyes. Oh my goodness, kitchen's a mess. Bathroom's a mess. You know, Kim wears contacts, so in the shower, she can't always see if the shower's a mess. You know, and I'll, I'll go, hey, we need to get the shower. You know, and she goes, oh, really? 
As you go over and look at it, like, oh, yeah, this is a mess. <laughs> but don't we need that kind of help in our lives? All of us. Because we all see a piece. And we need, it's just like, again, we're not punching off a, it's not like, okay, I got the Sunday service thing done. I mean, there's something about being in the presence of God that is life-giving to us. And being with other brothers and sisters. And being carried sometimes. You know, by others. But this is where the life is. It's in Jesus. Put your faith in Him. Put your trust in Him. Put your hope in Him. That's where the life is. You guys stand up. Lord, help us. Ministry team, come on up. Worship team, come on up. So, you know, if it's like, I want to start this journey of life with Jesus, then come and get prayer. And if it's, I need help on this journey with Jesus, then come and get prayer. Maybe it's like, I feel like there's a full court press on me from the enemy, and it's, it's sucking life out of me. Come and get prayer. We want to pray for breakthroughs. It's like, that's what God does. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan was praying it earlier. Who needs a breakthrough? And... Why not right here at the start of the year, the light of Jesus and the life of Jesus calibrating life to Him? So Lord, would You meet us here today in the name of Jesus? Would You help us, Lord, all around this room, Lord, to see those places where maybe we're, we're deadened or we're just kind of non-existent. We're living a passive life and not trusting You in the middle of that place to be life for us. Lord, release eternal life. Lord, as trust and faith is released here this morning. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. You know, we were singing just the vict- about the victory of Jesus earlier. Hallelujah. The Lamb's overcome. And I mean, if we could just get that and live there, Lord, would you help us in all of life? Because it's going to make all of life now have so much more meaning than just our compartmentalizations. Really big deal, y'all. If you need prayer in any way, any of the things we've talked about, come and get prayer right now. Let's go for it. Be bold. We love you, Lord. Meet us here today. Let no life changed, uh, stay un- unchanged or untouched this morning in the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. Meet us here today, God. In Jesus' name.